Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 801 of the Juicebox podcast. Today, I'm going to add to the How We Eat series. Now, so far in this series, we've covered vegan, carnivore, plant-based, gluten-free, low-carb, Bernstein, FODMAP, keto, flexitarian, intermittent fasting. And today, I thought it would be interesting to find out how Jenny eats. Now, you know Jenny. She's from all the management episodes, Diabetes Pro Tip, Defining Diabetes, Bold Beginnings. Jenny, it's Jenny. Today, I'm going to talk to Jenny about how she eats. I thought you might find it interesting. She is a person with a, an astonishing amount of control over her blood sugar, and I thought it would be valuable for you to hear about. So while you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you'd like to find the other How We Eat episodes, just go to juiceboxpodcast.com and scroll to the bottom. There's a whole cascading list of them there. You could also find them in the private Facebook group in the feature tab. That's Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by InPen from Medtronic Diabetes. If you don't want an insulin pump, but you want some of that functionality that comes with insulin pumps, you might want the InPen. Learn more and get started today at InPenToday.com. You may pay as little as $35 for the InPen. Listen for more about that in the ad. Today's episode of the Juicebox Podcast is also sponsored by Omnipod. The new Omnipod 5 automated insulin delivery system is here. Go get it at Omnipod.com forward slash Juicebox. Tubeless and automated. Oh my goodness. What else could you possibly want? Start the recording. Cool. And say hello, Jenny. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. You look casual today. Like I look like, casual. Like today. maybe you have plans this afternoon where you're not going to be working or something like that. Um I, no. Relaxed? You're not relaxed today? I don't know. You have a, a certain something. Maybe you're happy it's Friday. I have no idea. It's Friday. It's yes, it's it's Friday. It's actually <laughs> it, it should I'm I was colder today. Our temperature has changed like 40 degrees overnight. Oh my god. Seriously. Yesterday it was 72 degrees. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful last night when I got home from Taekwondo with my kids. Um and then I woke up this morning and the thermometer was like 34 degrees. Oh <laughs> I was like, god. are you kidding me? You live in a hellscape. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like so. 80 here for a couple of days. And I yeah. it, I mean, it's November. And you're like, what mm -hmm. is happening? But then very quickly, overnight, it's getting cooler and cooler, and it's going to happen really fast. Um, yes, anyway. it's coming to you. Wow, it's spreading. Let, let us let us let us do this today with the people, and then we will go on our way. Cool. You will freeze your butt off this weekend, and I don't know what I will do. Um, oh, it's supposed to be in the 40s this afternoon, so you know that'll yeah. be better. That's a Wisconsin <laughs> answer, Jenny. That's not better. <laughs> I just had I just had a. Um, an organization invite me to come to Montana to speak in March. And I was like, March in Montana? Mm, mm, I'm not sure about that. Oh, how about <laughs> yeah. August? Yeah. <laughs> well, I need snowshoes. And and I said, look, I, I started saying, look, I really would like to do it. The event sounded great. I said, like, can I fly straight in? 
And they're like, no, you'll probably have to get on like three different planes. And I was like, I, I, I'm, yeah, I don't know if I'm okay with that. Can we do right. it virtually? So right. <laughs> also I, they weren't sure that the last plane would be a jet. And that's, that threw me off for some reason. You get the puddle jumper. I was like, oh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd love to see Montana, but not that badly. Anyway, um, Jenny, I thought today <clears throat> would be a great day for you and I to talk about how you eat. We've been oh. talking about this for a number of, of years, actually. <laughs> I always say to Jenny, like, at the end of the year, I'll do an episode with you and we'll talk about how you eat. Because I have a whole series where cool. people come on, they're like, I'm keto, I'm a flexitarian. Actually, I think I learned the word flexitarian on this podcast, um, you know, and all that stuff. So today I just wanted to go, I wanted to go through that. Are you comfortable with that? Yeah, all right. sure. <laughs> Ask away. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I guess my first thing I should do, just for people who maybe, you know, come in and out of the podcast and don't know you as well. You've had diabetes for, oh, let's test my memory. Are you up to mm. 33 years now or 32? 34 and a half. 34, my gosh, Jenny. And that made you how old yes. when you were diagnosed? I was 13. 13. All right. We won't do the math, 34 plus 13. Oh, That's all right. not, it's no one's business but yours. Oh, uh, I don't care. <laughs> it's 47. <laughs> 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 but um, so you've had diabetes since you were 13 years old. You were diagnosed a very long time ago. We've talked over and over again about your, you know, how your management was when mm -hmm. you were coming up. But we don't talk as much about how you've eaten through different segments of your life. So right. I'm going to go back all the way to you being 13 and ask, did your mom adjust eating when you were diagnosed that you know of? It's a long time ago. No, I and I was old enough to know or recognize the change or the difference, right? Um, did she change how she cooked? Not really. Because, I mean, my mom grew up with four siblings. She was the oldest. They lived on a farm. So she ended up doing a heck of a lot of the cooking. Yeah. Um, so they, she always was a cook. Um, I mean, the amount of times that we went out to eat or even fast food or something were very minimal. Mm -hmm. So she was used to already cooking. The biggest change, I think, was that... I don't think I ever remembered measuring cups outside of making cookies at Christmas and cakes and, you know, where you have to use the measuring tools mm. to obviously get it all right. But man, we got more measuring tools <laughs> and the bouncy like scale that we put the meat on to weigh the per perfect portion um, and all of that kind of stuff. My mom did change all of the desserty types of things. I mean, they all became sugar-free pudding and sugar-free jello and, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. But she didn't, she didn't make that specific just to me. Mm -hmm. It was, if we're going to have pudding, it's sugar-free for everybody. Okay. If we're going to do this, it's this way for everybody. Um, but your so, management at that point is two shots a day. I did two shots a day. I did the really old school because there was not, what we now have as long acting mm -hmm. insulin, a 24 hour, we had intermediate, which was the cloudy N or NPH. I actually use lilies, which was called L or Lente. Mm -hmm. um, and so that had to be mixed in the syringe with our insulin or regular insulin wasn't even rapid. Um, and I only dosed it twice a day yeah. breakfast. So the regular covered breakfast and then the law, the intermediate acting peaked at lunchtime. So I didn't take insulin at lunch. 
Okay. Um, I did get a snack in the afternoon as well, which was an uncovered snack, kind of curving the downshift of that intermediate acting insulin. Mm-hmm. And then dinner time, I did the regular and the lente mixed in the same syringe again. And that regular covered dinner. And then I always had to have a bedtime snack because it covered the peak in the intermediate acting overnight. So for people who have a Dexcom now and are operating with, you know, I don't know, modern insulin. Excuse me one second. With modern insulin. Even if they see a peak at dinner and everything goes well, their their bell curve probably goes over like two or three hours, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. they might spike up a little bit. But you were basically running two bell curves a day. Morning... So you were mixed. So make sure I understand this right, because I'm, I'm, you know, Arden comes into diabetes long after this. You're mixing two different insulins into a syringe, shooting uh-huh. it in the morning. One of them mm-hmm. is handling breakfast, and the other one's going to come online in time for lunch. And then yeah. you shoot for dinner the same mix. One of them handles dinner, but then you have to come around at the end of the bell and eat again to stop yourself from getting low before bed. That, or that into it? the midnight hour. Yeah, because really? okay. intermediate acting was really like a peak of about five to seven hours. Mm-hmm. So again, breakfast time, I'd eat somewhere between 6 and 7 a.m. So the regular insulin covered that. And then the intermediate acting was peaking by lunchtime at about that five to six hour mark. Right. So lunch would get covered or that in that intermediate would cover lunch. And the same thing for the evening. There was no way to cover an all-over over the night basal need because there wasn't anything besides intermediate at that point. Okay. So in order to hit the the kind of insulin the way that it needed to at its peak without getting low overnight, I had to have a snack before I went to bed. I see. And I know I remember this from our previous conversations. Your mom was the one thing she was a stickler about is the time you ate. Is that right? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. I think the reason that I literally cannot sleep beyond, like I will wake up even before my alarm clock goes off at Mm -hmm. like 6, 6, 15, because it was, that was the time it was breakfast. It was time. Jenny had to have her like first dose of insulin because that was a 12 hour window until dinner time when I got my next dose of insulin. Yeah. And they had to be spaced apart enough. So I think the reason I wake up so early these days is You're wired because that I was way like yeah. I was just wired that way. Yes. Yeah. So she she your mom was looking and saying if she eats at six AM, then the way this shot works will be good for whatever lunchtime is at school. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be out of her in time that we can shoot it again for dinner. For dinner. Mm-hmm. And that's why your later snack almost. So were you up late at night as a child? I wasn't. I, I mean, it, again, child-wise, I was 13. Yeah. So I wasn't probably going to bed. In fact, I know I wasn't going to bed until maybe like 10 o'clock. And I'd have my snack around like 930-ish. Right. And then off to so, bed. And that carried you. And then off it. to bed. No mm-hmm. one tested you overnight or anything like that. Nobody tested. Oh. No. Oh my goodness. (laughs) No, that wasn't even like a a thought unless I woke up and didn't feel good, which did happen. Mm -hmm. Um, Or for some random reason, my mom was up overnight and wanted to check on me. But outside of that, no, there were no checks overnight. It was bedtime finger stick, wake up in the morning, do it again. And the way you ate during that time was more about almost kind of food pyramid thinking. Like a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this at certain weights more than anything else. It was. And, you know, I think I think there are some practices that do okay with this with kids and other 
times I've talked to people and they've said, you know, nobody focused on what my kid needs nutritionally. Mm -hmm. They just told us that we can eat whatever we want to eat as long as we cover it with insulin and your blood sugar stays here, then that's fine. Where when I was first educated, the dietitian and educator I worked with looked at what are my nutritional needs based on where I am in life and what my activity level is like. And then they planned out sort of a caloric plan and fit the macronutrients in a certain percentage into that plan. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I got certain portions of food um, that got covered with what's called a standard amount of insulin just for the food at that mealtime. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can still remember like lunch and dinner, I got two starches, two vegetables, a fruit, two to three proteins, one or two fats, and a milk. <laughs> And you did you have that was fin- lunch and dinner every single day. And did you have to finish it all every time? Did you have that pressure? Like I need to eat all this or no? You know, in a way, yes. And you know, being as active as I was, I was probably hungry enough for it all anyway. But I also wasn't I wasn't nibbling on anything in between because that just wasn't there wasn't additional insulin, at least not in the first, I guess, two years after I was diagnosed and still I until I was taught carb counting. Okay. And dosing with insulin to cover a certain amount, then things shifted and became a little bit more flexible in terms of portion. So when that happened, when they taught you carb counting, how old were you then, do you think? Um, I was in high school, so probably 16-ish, okay. I would estimate. All right. So you did that the one you did the first way for three years or so. Did did having access to the idea of carb counting, covering meals for how many carbs there were, did it change how you ate at all? Or did the house change... still sort of eat the same way? I don't think that it changed what my food choices were mm-hmm. because I I still had certain preferences, obviously. Um, but it gave me f- more flexibility in terms of how much. Okay. Right? So if I didn't want to eat, all of that food at a mealtime. Now we had wiggle room to play with. Mm. You know, I only really want the peas and grilled salmon for dinner. Great. We could adjust for that a little bit better than saying, well, you always have to take three units of, of regular insulin. So you have to eat this much because this is what your insulin is covering. Okay. So that was the big shift is that you had more autonomy over the amounts of food and right. you could drop, I don't want to bake potatoes tonight or something like that. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, how long do you think you and what insulin? I'm sorry, what insulin was that at that time? That was still regular insulin. Okay. Um, I did not have rapid in, excuse me, rapid acting insulin until I was in college. Okay. So 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 this first step that you took basically took away the cloudy. And you were just counting carbs for the and using regular for it. Is that right or no? The first step I took was switching from intermediate acting. And if I had to estimate, when did I switch to Lantus? I think it was 1999, actually. It was right around the time that Lantus came to market. Mm-hmm. Um, I was switched from using my intermediate acting insulin to Lantus insulin. And, and then, um, and I had been switched to rapid acting before the change to Lantus. Okay. So How, I was using intermediate acting, the cloudy, along with rapid acting. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
I don't so know. That why. was the first change. How, how old are you? We just said I'm I mean, 47. I know, but why do I think of you as being, I think of you as being so much younger than me. I don't know why that is, but the dates. Maybe it's because I've got younger kids. Maybe, maybe that is it. You know, yeah. I mean, my husband and I just, we did a lot of other things before we had kids mm-hmm. and a lot of people do it the opposite way. They get married and they're like, let's have kids. And yeah. we just didn't do it that way. <laughs> so. I don't know why, it, like, because you're telling me the times and you're like, you know, in 1999, I'm thinking 1999, Kelly was pregnant. Like, like <laughs> we, we're getting ready to have Cole. I'm like, this is crazy. But I look at you and I'm like, but she definitely said she was 47. And so I'm like. <laughs> I did. Yes. In fact, 99 is. um Gosh, 99 is when my husband and I got married. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I. Oh. this is my fault for, get, I, for getting married too early. I'm throwing off the, the balance of this conversation, not you. We were so young we got married. Um, <laughs> really. Uh, okay, so so you're covering carbs. It doesn't change how, it doesn't change what you're eating. You're still eating no. what, what I'm can what I'm going to call like a very like 1950s through 1980s like American kind of blend of foods. Just right, some vegetables, some starches, some protein, chicken, beef, probably all that yes. stuff was happening. Okay. Yes, absolutely. It was all and you know, growing up in the Midwest. I mean, our starchy things were typically, typically potatoes, um, some noodles, rice occasionally. I wasn't really a big fan of rice as a kid anyway. Um, but I would say more of my like grainy kind of carby stuff was probably bread. We didn't have cereal was just not something my mom made mm-hmm. or or purchased. Bought, yeah. Um I mean it was either oatmeal for breakfast or something like toast with peanut butter, or toast with eggs or you know something like that for yeah. breakfast time. Um So yeah, I I think what really changed was once I went to college, I didn't have to eat what my mom cooked anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I am I personally am not a meat eater outside of fish. Okay. I don't enjoy meat. I I never did. Even as a kid, I would I would have sat at the table for 4 hours trying to like choke down a burger. That was just not a preference of mine. But did they still give them to you? Oh, of course, cuz my mom's like this is what you're eating. <laughs> I I I once Jenny sat for an entire evening. Five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, in front of a plate of uh, French cut green beans that I did not want to eat, and and the colder they got, the more gag the worse they, they were, and you know I'd be like every fifteen minutes, I'm like I could get one of these, uh, I couldn't do it, and uh, I remember waking up on a Saturday morning after that, and my mom bringing the green beans back to the table. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> my parents never do that. I was like, oh, God, <laughs> I'm never going to eat again <laughs> because I can't get these green beans in. And I think I just went into, like, full-on, like, I don't know how old I was. A tantrum, probably. Well, was, I'm, I'm thinking now. This is probably child abuse. You, you know, but <laughs> I was like, as, like, a young, young teen. And I was, like, crying. I was like, I can't eat these. Like, you, you have no idea. I have such trouble with how some things feel in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just not okay with how some things feel. So um, I wouldn't even know what they tasted like. I couldn't get past the part where I was like, ah, 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 it's touching my tongue. <laughs> and so, uh, but it, that's interesting that you didn't particularly like red meat. And as you say, chicken. like a texture thing, I mean, other 
other textures really, they don't bother me so mm-hmm. much. In fact, I have textures that I really actually prefer in food, but maybe that was it. I mean, even just like thinking about eating meat and I don't know why fish is so different. Maybe there's a moisture to fish or it's just a very, it's definitely different. Right. Right. Um, I've never had a problem with fish. Okay. But other meats, I just so I got to college. Long right. story yeah. oh, short, no, no. Now I'm dying to know because I now have some context for what it means to send a person with type one to college, and it's not terrific. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, one, I learned that mom's home cooking, with all of the measurement and the skill that my mom put into what literally went on my plate, mm-hmm. was very different. Once I was choosing things in the cafeteria <laughs> at school, right? So did you go um, crazy? Did you start like? I don't I I wouldn't say I went crazy because I was conscious of what I needed to do. Again, I had no CGM, I had no pump. Mm-hmm. I went to college on MDI and and finger sticks essentially yeah. while I was doing a heck of a lot more finger sticks to get more information. I still really kind of had to stick with what I knew about what my experience with food at home did to my blood sugar. Yeah. And so I use that in terms of figuring out what to choose from the school cafeteria. Mm-hmm. Um, I often, in fact, by the end of my freshman year, I realized that the salad bar was probably my best friend. Okay. Because it was the easiest place to find things that were good in terms of what I saw happening in my blood sugar um, and actually tasted like food. <laughs> um <laughs> it's high praise everyone everyone who now is looking uh fourteen thousand dollars a year in the face for uh room board and food at a college it's like great so my son's right. my son's uh senior year he's he just he called us one day he's like i'm so sorry i can't do this anymore can i start buying food outside of the cafeteria but we had to pay for the food like you couldn't regardless yeah you couldn't not pay for it so i'm like uh, okay like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, there's a few thousand more dollars. I'm like, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Right. <laughs> He's like, that oh. is it's horrible. He's like, it's absolutely terrible. So when we took yeah. Arden to college and the cafeteria was so much nicer at Arden's college than it was at Cole's, we were so excited. We're like, oh, she's going to get real food. But the truth is, it's like she's eating at a cut rate restaurant as oh. far as blood sugars go every day. You know how people say like, oh, it's yeah. tough to go to a restaurant because you need so much more insulin for this food. Three times a day, that's the situation Arden's been in. Like so much so, Jenny, that she contacted me a month ago and said, I'm going to run out of insulin. And she's only there for a quarter. Like It was it was 10 weeks. And I sent her enough insulin to be like plus. To be, to be fine. Yeah. And she's like that. We got to do something. I'm going to run out of insulin. And I was like, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> so I called the yeah. doctor and I'm like, you know, I think this is what's going on. But how long did it take you to adjust to bolusing for that food? Because for the first five weeks Arden was there, I would get a lot of texts that said, I'm working on it. I'm trying. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, and I'm like, no, I know you are. Like, I could see, you know, because of, isn't it interesting? Night Scout. Like, I can see she's bolusing. I can see what's happening and everything like that. Um, but she was not having a lot of luck in the beginning. And it, yeah. it, it took her a number of weeks to figure it out. She's finally starting to get it in, in her like last three weeks of this 10 weeks. And she's doing a good job now. But it took her a month and a half it's, to learn how to bowl for that food. It's definitely adjustment. I mean, while they're not 
by any means the healthy choice. I figured out, or at least I think I did, you know, again, only having finger sticks. I figured out French fries Mm -hmm. like at school. So when we would go and, you know, food is one of those things that becomes very visibly a social piece of your life in college. If it wasn't in high school, it definitely is there in college mm-hmm. and especially with the later evenings and like whatever else you're doing. Um, like who wants to eat carrot sticks when you're sitting around with your friends, like studying. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess those were some of the things in terms of, I wouldn't have gotten that at home as much as I probably ate them right. at school. But the well, other things just ended up, I figured out they, they just weren't even worth it. I just, it's so. in, I I'm I think I'm watching Arden follow the same path. There were a, there have been a couple of times that I'm like, look, if you just tell me what you ate, I can help you adjust this. And she's like, I don't want to tell you what I ate. <laughs> like, yes. Okay. And I'm telling you, French fries are at the core of that. She's like, you mm. know, you get there late at night, all the food's not there anymore, but there's always French fries. Yeah. You know, and then I think you're right. Like, it's the end of a day. They get around their, her and her roommates, and they sit there, and they've got friends, and they're chatting and talking about boys and whatever girls and whatever else they're yeah. doing. Yeah. And and they're eating French fries. So, all right. So, you, I mean, you obviously made it through, and you ate a pretty classic college cuisine. When do you become the Jenny I see before you, before me right now? <laughs> when, when do you become a woman who just says quinoa? Like, it's just nothing. <laughs> like, like it's a thing we all know about. <laughs> it's a yummy grain for those of you who don't know what it is. <laughs> Although I think it's pretty mainstream at this point. I'm not um, saying that. I'm saying yeah. that you say quinoa the way other people say chicken nuggets. <laughs> right, yes. <Yeah. laughs> just flows off um, the tongue. So do you get, do you, do you meet your husband? Do you, do you, like, what shifts your eating style? I think, um, well, certainly learning to cook for two and be aware of another person's desires and like preferences in food makes a difference overall too, especially when you're trying to follow a budget. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, my husband and I did not live together before we were married. Um, So again, it's a, although we knew each other, you know, enough obviously <laughs> you had to met get married. Before. <laughs> clearly um I mean, we were together for a long time before we actually got married but um in terms of cooking for two people again that does shift some things i think the biggest thing that i learned is um that men can eat a heck of a lot of food <laughs> <laughs> so when i'd sit down i'm like eating you know the portion that i had gotten used to eating um I was like, you're still hungry? Seriously? Like, what? I don't understand. Like, where are you putting all this food, you know? So from a visual or just a perspective of, a, of like my own management, that's something to kind of overcome is seeing what somebody else can eat compared yeah. to what you know is works for you as well as for your blood sugar control and that kind of stuff. So I think in terms of what you what you see today in what I choose and what I talk about eating is definitely been a, like an evolution. Right. Right. Over our marriage and life with kids and all of that kind of stuff. And I think, well, for a good portion of years before we had kids, I had made a lot of the changes that I currently 
you know, still mm-hmm. use in terms of food. I think it became even more important for me to improve for the majority of the time once we had kids. Why do you think? Because you, did you start thinking, I, I want to teach these kids how to eat well? Yeah, yeah, really. And because, again, with all of the knowledge that I have about what is in food, and not meaning bad stuff, but like what's the value in in food? Mm-hmm. Food is fuel. It's like putting gas in a car, right? So if you put in quality stuff, you're going to get quality health out of it. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. So we'll we'll mention that here because so when you're in college, what is it you're learning to do? Survive. <laughs> no, I mean, what did you want to do for a living afterwards? <laughs> well, right, and that that I guess that's another yeah, big yeah. difference. You know, I went to college knowing where I was going. I had a very clear, I thought it was a clear career path. Um, I was going to go to school to be a dietitian. And then I knew that I wanted to move on and become a diabetes educator. And, you know, the road there kind of windy and whatever happens. But I learned all those things along the way in college too. Mm -hmm. Whereas other tracks, I would have never been exposed to the information about nutrition and food and what it does in the body and human biology and physiology. I mean, all those things I would have never known about. Yeah. But it's still, even though you learned it in college, it becomes a slower transition as an adult, right? You just start applying what you know as you go. Correct. And so now- Well, and to put one more point to that in terms of saying, you know, I think it became more important to me to really- do that after we had kids was because I know what kids aren't taught Mm -hmm. in school, especially where I really think that needs to begin in terms of overall healthy lifestyle. Some of that information in science alone could easily be taught in terms of this is why you eat an apple or these are the main food groups and then expanding kind of every year so that children grow into well-rounded lifestyle and health consumers really consumers yeah yeah, yeah. exactly um well so so you're trying so it's interesting isn't it like most of the people i talk to on this podcast when they make big life leaps it's almost always for somebody else almost hmm. always they almost always say well you know i was getting by with my a1c and the eights but i got married and i started thinking like, I want to be healthy for our relationship, or I'm going to have kids, so I got to lower my A1C, or like that kind of stuff. Right. It's interesting. Well, and I and I think something there, too, in terms of you've asked, you know, well, when did a bigger shift to, like, what I'm doing now kind of happen? It actually happened right before we were planning to, like, try to have kids. Um, I started to see a naturopathic doctor, mm-hmm. and which they're amazing if you find the right person. I mean, the amount of time that they spend with you and the really in-depth that they look at your life and kind of everything that works together, it's it's really amazing. Um, But just some of the things that I brought to the table in terms of concerns, I mean, besides type 1 diabetes, I also have rheumatoid arthritis, Mm -hmm. which is really well-managed. But some of the things that I learned from this practitioner changed some of the ways and some of the things that I ended up including in my diet. 
Okay. Um, because we did some allergy testing and we did some sensitivity, you know, evaluation and kind of like, how do you feel when you eat this food? Like a gut health kind of analysis and all that sort of stuff. Um, so I did. I made some really good transitions from that into kind of where I currently am. And I've stuck with, you know, 99% of those shifts and changes. Do you think, because you're, you're, I mean, I think of your diabetes as well-managed throughout your life for whatever the management style was mm-hmm. at the time, right? Your, your returns, your A1Cs and that kind of stuff fit in a healthy, right. a healthy level for whatever the management was at the time. Correct. So how much of your eating is about the RA? Is, is like, are there things you're trying to avoid for that? The Omnipod 5 is the only tubeless automated insulin delivery system that integrates with the Dexcom G6 CGM and uses Smart Adjust technology to automatically adjust your insulin delivery every five minutes, helping to protect against highs and lows without multiple daily injections. Omnipod 5 is also available through your pharmacy benefit, which means you can get started without the four-year durable medical equipment contract that comes with most insulin pumps, even if you're currently in warranty with another system. Whether you're talking about the Omnipod 5 or the Omnipod Dash, you're getting tubeless, wireless insulin pumping that you can swim with, bathe with, or go play soccer, or whatever you play. Doesn't matter to me. Like weightlifting, running around stuff that a lot of people with tube pumps have to disconnect for. You don't have to because you're using an Omnipod. Now, if you stick with the Omnipod Dash, wonderful device. Or you can look into the Omnipod 5, which of course boasts that automated insulin delivery system. No matter what the preference, your choice is available at omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Head over now to learn more or to get started. You know, you may be eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. That's crazy, right? You can find out again at omnipod.com forward slash juice box. For full, for full safety, risk information, and free trial terms and conditions, you can also visit omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Everything you need is right there. Are you kidding me? 30 days for free on the dash? Why are you even still listening to this? Or or maybe you're listening to this and clicking at the same time. That would make sense to me. If you've like opened up a browser on your phone, you're like omnipod.com forward slash. And you're like, which one's forward? It's the one that goes forward. Forward slash juice box. Let me find out about this. That's what I think you're doing right now. So I'll shut up so you can finish. Who am I kidding? You're waiting patiently for the in-pen ad. You're not like on the line Googling. By the way, don't Google. I gave you the thing. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Now here's another one to remember. Inpentoday.com. This is not hard to remember at all. I-N-P-E-N-T-O-D-A-Y. Head over there now and find things like this. Here's some words for you that might be exciting. You may pay as little as $35 for the in-pen. Because Medtronic Diabetes does not want cost to be a roadblock to getting you the therapy you need. So with the InPen Access Program, you may again pay as little as $35. The offer is available to people with commercial insurance terms and conditions apply. But why not you? It could be you. Head over and find out. There's a Learn More button. Just click on it. I've never clicked on it before. Let me find out what happens. Oh, InPen User Access Program. InPen works smarter, so you don't have to. How about that? Pay as little as $35 a year. Hey, you just fill out some information. 
Now you could do that. That's easy. All right. Sorry. I had to go back now. There's other stuff I'm supposed to tell you. Like InPen offers 24-hour technical support, hands-on product training, and an online educational resource that is second to none. Why do you want an InPen? Fair question. How about this? It's an insulin pen, but it connects to your phone and an app on your phone. And this is where you start getting the functionality from. This app lets you see your current glucose. That's seeing your current level after pairing your continuous glucose monitor. It shows you your meal history. It shows you your dosing history, activity log, reports for you or for your physician, glucose history, active insulin remaining, and the all-important dosing calculator. All of this in a little app that connects to that pen and gives you that functionality that you want. InPenToday.com. You have to check it out. It's, it's well worth your time. InPen requires a prescription and settings from your healthcare provider. You must use proper settings and follow the instructions as directed, or you could experience high or low glucose levels. For more safety information, once again, InPenToday.com. The biggest thing, honestly, that I, I find affects how I manage it and when I know I've had more than what I can kind of tolerate is mm. cow's milk dairy. Okay. That's the that's thing. The, that's the biggest thing. I mean, I went through all of the different like um, sort of you, you take foods out of your diet, you evaluate, you add some things back to see how you react to some things. I mean, many times RAs are also very sensitive to what are called the nightshade vegetables, mm -hmm. um, things like peppers and tomatoes and eggplant and that kind of stuff. And I, I eat a heck of a lot of tomatoes and I, I see no difference whatsoever okay. when I did my food kind of elimination sort of plan. The biggest shift was definitely around dairy milk, specifically cream, again butter. cow's milk yeah. based because i can do um like the cheeses that i will buy are either sheep's milk or goat's milk mm -hmm. again i don't eat them every day um they don't bother me if and when i do eat them um but i can tell like if we go out for pizza there's <laughs> like real cheese on the pizza i mean even though i don't eat the whole pizza i can tell the next day that i'm stiff okay I can tell in my joints quickly that I've had dairy. Yeah, that's really interesting. So, so, so okay, so let's let's go into the home stretch with let's kind of go through one of your weeks and really find oh. out how you eat. So, we'll okay. start, let's just start today cuz you've you've woken up today already. What'd you have for breakfast? So, I had raspberries. Mm -hmm. Which were from my mom, my mom's garden. So they were frozen raspberries, obviously. <laughs> it's freezing outside right now. There are no raspberries left on the bushes. Uh, <laughs> I want to be clear. You meant your mom picked the raspberries earlier, froze them, and you ate them. Not they froze overnight when the temperature went down. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, yes, yeah. absolutely. So frozen raspberries. Um, and then I had a – it's a sheep's milk yogurt with it. And then there is a really awesome grain-free granola that I like. It's made by Nature's Path. And mm -hmm. that's literally what it's called is grain-free granola. Um, so I mixed that all together and I had that this morning. Um, How many I mean, carbs? other breakfasts are typically like old fashioned oats, a small amount. And then I use things like 
chia and hemp seed and ground flax, um, some coconut oil and cinnamon, um, spoonful of like nut butter in mm. it, mix it all together. How many carbs do you think your average breakfast is? Yeah, I can absolutely tell you. So for my breakfast I had this morning, I count 18 grams for it. Mm-hmm. For my typical oatmeal, I count 26 grams for that. Okay. And do you see spikes? Not unless I have a bad sight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or sometimes when I know um, it's a couple of days before I get my sight, my period. Yeah. Um, I'm more prone to potentially having more of a rise up after um, the oatmeal. It doesn't typically happen with the um, the granola and the berries. Okay. Um, so, yeah. All right. Do you ever get up in the morning on a Saturday and go crazy? Do you ever make a stack of pancakes or French toast or bacon or something like that? I, I, um, I wouldn't have bacon, but... <laughs> Um, I get what you mean. Yeah. 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 I mean, we do pancakes, but again, the pancakes that I make are, I tend to do much lower carb, lower glycemic pancake. Mm -hmm. I mean, my kids don't, they don't complain about them. They eat them. So does my husband. So I'm like, well, I'm going to cook them the way that I cook them because they're good for me. And so clearly they're good for them too. Um, I mean, I usually use like an almond flour and a coconut flour. I've got a couple of good recipes that I follow. Um, I might put some pumpkin puree in them or some of um what's the, the lily brand, like the the low sugar, like yeah. mini chocolate chips kind of in. Mm-hmm. Um I mean maple syrup, I just don't I don't even eat I don't eat honey. Real maple syrup, I figure why? And and that's just my choice, you know. Right. If you like your maple syrup, have it. But I usually use the Lacanto um maple syrup, which okay. works really nice and it doesn't affect my blood sugar. Mm-hmm. So I have to say, um, I don't yeah. love maple syrup either. I If I'm not, we use uh, like a low carb syrup uh-huh. in the house. I think we use carries most of the time. Yeah, and, that's, a, that's a common one. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but if I, I I'm, I, I'm perfectly happy with it. Like it doesn't yeah. bother me at all. If I'm going to go crazy with syrup, which might happen once or twice a year, I want like I don't know. I want something that could also be like motor oil or something like that. Like, like you know, when you're when you're eating it, you're like, this isn't even a natural flavor at all. Like, I'm in a diner where we're all going to die when we leave here. Like, like, like and even at that, it's like, wow, it's a lot. I can't really do a lot of that. And and I'm saying we haven't made a ton of adjustments to. I mean. You know, I guess I'll do an episode one day about how I eat, but I I grew up very badly around food. Like nobody mm-hmm. understood food around me, and my wife and I took us years through our twenties to like even make sense of like why are we? I still joke. My wife is like, I shouldn't say this here, but my wife like is like she eats like she's homeless and she's happy about it. Like like we have <laughs> like we have ten cents in the bank is how she eats, and that's when she's oh. happiest. But she grew up broke, and sure eating that way and i don't i don't know but it just it's what occurs to her you know mm-hmm. um but anyway uh my question and the reason i brought that up is your kids have your palate do you think you taught it to them or do you think that it was theirs all along and you just met them there that's a really that's a good question because i I don't know. I think some of it might have transitioned from what I ate while I was pregnant. Um, because, you know, 
broccoli for a really good example. Mm -hmm. Broccoli is both of my kids will always eat broccoli. They will eat it steamed. They will eat it raw. They will always eat broccoli out of any of the vegetables. And I think it's because (laughs) whether this is true or not, I think it's because it was one of the few vegetables in both pregnancies in my first trimester that I could actually stomach. Okay. Um, and I eat a lot of steamed broccoli with Dijon mustard. That's what sat very well for me. <laughs> I don't okay know why. That. I know that's very bizarre, but that's what worked. Um, and as soon as I introduced it, you know, once they started doing like table foods and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. they had no complaints. It didn't come out of their mouth. So maybe some of it well, is, I, I, but I think some of it's learned. Yeah. I don't want to make you feel sad, but Kelly was pregnant with Cole and she had a very her palate while she was pregnant with Cole was very clean and healthy. Uh-huh. And Cole is, eats more like a boy. You know what I mean? But yes. with Arden, Kelly ate crap. Like a lot of, like for some of it. And Arden eats very, very well. Like, like Arden, uh-huh. Arden's the one who's like, oh, I'll sit and eat carrots or I'll do this. Right. You know, like. Do you think some of that though for Arden is relative to such an early diagnosis? We'll never know. So you- but I, yeah, right. well, Jenny, I didn't know, like, the, the person you're talking to now is not the person who right. grabbed a two-year-old baby who was like, diabetes, okay. Like, I mean, we were, you know. Let's I just was, feed her carrots. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. we didn't go that way. Like, I, I spent two years going, like, why can't I figure out how to bowls for cereal? You, you, you know, yeah. like, 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 what you see online, people are just like, right. I didn't adjust at all. And it didn't occur to me at first. Because, like mm-hmm. I said, we didn't grow up well around food, that some of these foods were better than others or whatever. I mean, I know now, and excuse me, we made, you know, adjustments. My first big adjustment as a parent was not buying frozen chicken nuggets. That was the huh. that was my first light bulb moment. I kept I thought, like, if I'm gonna give these kids chicken nuggets, why the hell don't I go get some chicken and bread, and bread it them and put myself. It in the oven and give it to them? Right. Yeah. And and I did that. Like it and it wasn't easy because by then they knew what a like a nugget was from McDonald's or from a frozen bag and it was cut like a dinosaur or something like that. So at first they're like, This isn't chicken. I was like, Oh God, right. look what I've done to you. You know what I mean? Like like you don't think chicken is chicken. You think whatever that crap is is chicken. Um Right. Okay, so all right, so you, you will have a splurge, but your splurge oh, yes. your I mean- splurge stays more in a clean lane. For the most part, yes. And a splurge really, like if we're talking about breakfast foods, and again, we don't we don't eat out very often, Mm -hmm. but there's this place here. Um, it's called Short Stack. It is if I'm gonna get pancakes out that are not by any means anywhere close to being low carb or low glycemic or anything. This at all place. I mean it's it's served with like this sweet mascarpone sort of like <laughs> yumminess on the side with strawberries. They're probably the, the healthiest thing on this plate. <laughs> Is the strawberries. Um, <laughs> but they're super they're they're like these oat they're oat pumpkin pancakes. Oh, uh, oat sweet potato pancakes. Oh wow. They are they are the best pancake mm-hmm. I have ever had, right. honestly. Uh, in fact, after my my second son was born, um, the next morning they came in and they asked, they were like, well, what do you want? I'm like, oh, no, my husband's gone out and he's <laughs> getting me back. <laughs> all the guy's bringing it in. Of. Yeah, don't worry. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, you know, splurge, absolutely. I, I, I will. Um, right. But so. you're, but, but 
I, I like you telling the story because when you splurge on pancakes, you're not at IHOP. You're not like, yeah, yeah. right. Jenny made a face that you guys can't see that said, oh, God, no. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so lunch. Sorry for people who like IHOP. I just, yeah, I, I, so, I wouldn't choose it. But. So so lunch today, what are you going to do? So lunch today uh, is typically vegetables. I mean, I usually have some type of raw vegetables, cucumbers, bell peppers, tomatoes, carrots, sometimes cabbage chopped up, hummus. Um, this time of the year, I really like sauerkraut, um, usually an apple or again, some berries. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think it's going to be near carbs? I mean, I can try guessing. Apple. Yeah. Berries. My vegetables in the portion that I eat, I count 10 grams for my portion of vegetables, raw vegetables. I have about a cup and a half ish of okay. raw vegetables. Um, and the hummus, I know because the label's right on the container, it's mm-hmm. 11 grams of carb. Um, and then my apple, I weigh it because the apples we have are still from the orchard and we picked. And so, I okay. mean, the apple could be really teeny tiny or it could be like the ginormous huge mm-hmm. you could it's like softball size like right so i weigh home. it but on on average my lunch is with the with the apple probably somewhere between 28 and 35 grams of carb okay yeah you don't consider yourself low carb at all right i don't no no in fact i'm not i'm not worried about i don't aim for a certain amount under carb amount to certainly eat mm-hmm. um i also am not you know the opposite end high high carb either right. i i would say i'm more consistently my daily intake is probably somewhere between 80 grams 75 80 grams on the low end to maybe 110 to 120 grams on the high end oh well, that's crazy i mean yeah that's a lot more than than, than I, I was imagining. Hold on a second. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, that was more than I was imagining. So you got so close. I have a word written down here as I started today. I'm like, I'm going to get, I'm going to see if Jenny says this word. And I, you have not said it yet, but you got so close a minute ago. I'll tell you at the end what it is. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got so close. It hmm. still might happen. So we'll see. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So middle of the day, your is kind of your lighter meal. Of, Middle of, of the day tends to be my lighter meal. Now that's on a weekday. Mm-hmm. Weekends, especially Sundays, will tend to be a little bit heavier probably on lunch. Um, mainly because, and I again, it's not necessarily a conscious effort. I just know from experience what I can get away with at certain times, right? So right. my weekdays tend to be like lower impact type of meal midday Mm -hmm. because I'm most often while I have a desk treadmill, which is awesome. It's still real low pace. Right. And otherwise I'm just sitting or standing here. And so by midday, even though I exercise in the morning, I've still been sitting or standing around. Right. And so I also usually have a couple of hours of, of work to still do after my lunch. Um, so, so I tend to do something that I know is going to be easier. Mm-hmm. So it's fair. To, um, it's fair to say that you match where some people would match a a, a a meat with a wine. You're matching a meal with your activity level. 
Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. Like for Sundays, Sundays are usually my long run days. Mm-hmm. I go for a long run in the morning. Um, and so the whole rest of the day, I can kind of quote unquote get away with yeah. a little bit more um, because I've got just a much heightened, much more heightened sensitive um, kind of I see. day. I see. Okay. All right. So what's for dinner tonight? Ooh. You know, dinner tonight I haven't planned yet. <laughs> what was dinner last night? I'll make it easier for you. Yeah. So dinner last night was acorn squash and like a mixed green vegetable kind of salad. Um, I made a Caesar dressing to go on top of it. And then we had salmon. Okay. And the kids, boom. And you have young boys. Acorn yeah, squash. They're... Acorn squash. Yeah. Cut in half in the oven. A little bit of olive oil, salt, and pepper. That's the idea for that. Yeah, my boys like them. I do it with a little bit of like more savory seasoning on like a sage and kind of like a mixed season. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband and I like it that way. My boys really like it with cinnamon and a little bit of coconut oil on because okay. it gives it a little bit of it's a sweeter kind of flavor okay. to it. Um, so they like it that way. But yeah, they they love they love the acorn squash, the delicata. My littlest, he, he really loves spaghetti squash. He mm-hmm. thinks it's so fun that when you squash Scrape it out that it looks like noodly. <laughs> so, do you guys eat any pasta? Yeah, we yeah. do. Um, and the pasta that we typically eat is uh, like the bonza type of pasta, the mm-hmm. lentil or the chickpea type of pasta. Um, the one that I really like because it's the lowest impact is the Explore Asia brand. Okay. It's made um, either black bean or edamame or I think they've got a green bean one. But, I mean, a really good like cup, cup and a half cooked portion. It comes out once you kind of reduce it by the fiber amount. It's only like 10 or 11 grams of carb for a really big plate of pasta. Oh, I see. So I will often do something like that on a weekday type of dinner where I'll give my kids the bonza pasta. It's got some good protein quality to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll do the other one and just good marinara and a salad on the side. It's a really nice, complete meal. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, because you don't do any cream sauces, right? I I don't do any cream sauces unless I make them myself um, more from like a a vegan kind of approach. Like if I I have a really good recipe that's got um, like a cashew nut, you sort of soak it and blend it and puree it and Mm -hmm. make it into like a creamy kind of sauce. It's very tasty. You wouldn't, couldn't imagine there's no dairy in it, but. As you're talking, I'm thinking, I am going to get notes where people say, Jenny should write a cookbook with all of her recipes in it. Starting to <laughs> you know what I mean? I have happen. been asked that so many. They're yeah. like, why don't you put all the things that you eat together into this really nice cookbook? And I was like, if somebody could just keep notes for me, sure. Maybe. That would be awesome. <laughs> let, let, me, let me ask you a question. If yeah. um, we're driving, uh, the Jenny family's in the car, we're going to another state, we're visiting people, whatever. We pull over on the side of the road, everyone's hungry. Do you bring food with you? Or are you in a gas station going, I guess I could eat this ring ding? I, now I have to credit my mom with this, whether it's made my life busier or not. I am definitely the parent that will pack. Mm-hmm. And I pack things that I know not only snackables, depending on how long the trip is, but also if we're going to be on the road over a meal time. Um, Because usually one, I know that by the time you end up stopping someplace, you're usually over hungry. Yeah. Right. And then you're more likely going to make 
the ring ding <laughs> choice <laughs> than something else. And so I pack. I pack not only for my only my benefit in terms of driving and the sedentary nature and what that does to blood sugar. I know what the foods that I've packed do for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can also we don't actually have to stop. I mean, okay. not at not as much. Because you can snack as you go. But you don't have, correct. Well, you should get a bathroom in your car. That sounds like a great idea. <gasps> that would be fabulous. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. It yeah. sounds like it would be fabulous, right? Until you realize that one of the people in the car was going number two while you were driving. Yes. <laughs> and no, then you think, thank you. Maybe this isn't fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a good idea. Do no. you have a couple more minutes, or do you have to go? Of course. Okay. Yes. Okay. So snacks. I, I, mm-hmm. You know, I've, we've said on here before. It's funny. We kind of said. When Arden was looking for a different ice cream, you you pointed her towards oat milk ice cream, which she yeah. lo- she loves now, um, which is fascinating because before she tried, she didn't love real sweet stuff. Like if you know mm-hmm. Arden, she's Arden's not about like real sugary stuff. So um, she was like using Talenti at some point, like a brand, okay. and she's like, this is still too much. Like she's not the kind of kid who's going to eat like Ben and Jerry's. You know, she might have a a spoonful of it, but she's not going to go crazy. Um, But when she, when you told her about the oat milk ice cream, like that was a big deal for her. Awesome. Yeah. She loved it. So when you're snacking, this is kind of the lane you're in. I'm imagining. So I want you to just kind of throw out a few snacky things that you have around the house for yourself. Nuts. Nuts. (laughs) Did that sound weird? Nuts. I mean, nuts in your mouth, Jenny, is your business. Yes. Yeah. No, I like mixed nuts. I think they're um they're great. Uh boiled eggs are really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um some of the mug like sort of the mug cake or mug muffin kinds of recipes are pretty good. I actually found one the other day that's really super yummy. It's yeah. like a it's like pumpkin pie in a mug without the crust. Okay. It is, is that a brand thing or you made it yourself? Oh, you make it yourself. Okay. It's like pumpkin pie. Pumpkin puree, like out of a can, not the not the pie stuff, the stuff without sugar added to right. it. Um, and it's an egg, some baking powder, some vanilla extract, um, and a no sugar sweetener of your choice. Like I just use the vanilla stevia to sweeten it. Mm-hmm. Um, a pinch of salt, and I think that's it. And then you literally like mix it all up in the mug and you put it in the, uh, the microwave for three minutes. It is. It. It's so yummy. Right. It's like it, all the carb that's in there is the portion of pumpkin pie that you put in comes to eight grams of carb. All right. I'm going to ask you to send me that one. I'm going to try that. Yes. I want to try oh, something. Okay. Good. It's no, super no. yum. Because um, like, for instance, it, it, we, we've just got past Halloween here. There's no yes. bowl of candy corn in your house. Is that right? There's no bowl of candy corn. There's no bowl of candy. Mm. I, we just don't. Not from my perspective, because I, I mean, an adult decision-wise, I can choose or not choose, right? Yeah. But I just don't think it's necessary to have that as a potential option. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you really want to go into also why we don't have any Halloween candy, despite it not being very long ago, and our kids having come home with like four buckets full of of Halloween candy, our children got to pick five pieces that were chocolate, not the like sugar, you know, sugar yeah, stuff. Right. I mean, not that the chocolate doesn't have sugar, but right. No, I know. You mean. Um, and then I paid them <laughs> to give me their candy, which they were all excited. I was like, "These are your options. You're mm-hmm. not eating all this candy. That's just how it is." 
it's going out of the house. But if you willingly give us, then I will pay you each this amount of money and you can use it as you like for something you want. Where did the candy go? Oh, the candy went, um, my husband plays soccer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he took it to the soccer field for one of his games and he just left it there. Okay. Um, We brought like the Rubbermaid, just like plastic things and we put it in a couple of them and we left them on the tables there and they're adults. They can make a choice. Ah, I see. (laughs) Okay. So a lot of this really is then about options in front of you. Yes. Like you, you, there's no way for you to have a bad day. I'm making quotes up with my fingers in your house. <laughs> like you can't, you couldn't get up today and just be like, I'm going to go find some sugary candy that doesn't exist in the house. I'm going to like that stuff's just not there. Right. I could choose to overeat some of the things that are here. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if I chose to eat, chose to eat, you know, eight apples in a row, clearly that I mean, be a you'd really bad same, day. You'd have right? the same impact. So let me ask yeah. you this question. If I picked you up and took you to someone else's life where today you got up in the morning and had a bowl of cereal and at lunch you had a sandwich on bread and there were potato chips with it and at dinner, I don't know what you have like that. Could you bolus for all that for your body? Do you think? Having enough experience, I could. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could, I could figure it out. Obviously just having hindsight from having Stuff like that in the past. I mean, we've had, you know, family gatherings and whatnot, which I haven't obviously put all of the work into all of the food that comes to something like that. So mm-hmm. I do have to make choices and certainly will I indulge? Absolutely. At certain points in time, yeah. I don't make it regular though, right? It's like what's in our house and what I choose to eat and what I choose to kind of prepare and whatnot for our family is like 80 to 90% of that is it's fuel. It's yeah. what should be going into my body. And I can tell a difference in how I feel depending on what I eat, mm-hmm. not only blood sugar wise, just in general, you know? Um, I'm guessing so. too, that in between meals, you're not overtly hungry, right? No, no. Okay. I'm not, you're not getting um, like weird carb desires and stuff like that because you haven't been eating that stuff to begin with that kind of sugary stuff that wires your brain to say like, go get more. True. Yeah. I mean, and at the at times when I do want something like chocolate again, I do more like real dark chocolate is absolutely like my favorite. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't eat again. It might be here, but I'm not eating the whole entire bar or 20 pieces of it. I yeah. I just don't need that. And the one little piece that I do eat might have for me, you know, something like three or four grams of carb. I don't even have to bolus for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is what it is. Somebody else may have to obviously cover and consider it, right. but um, it so. could work that way. So I have two more questions yeah. for you. Please. My, my first one is that through your life, you haven't, I'm assuming, had to worry much about your weight, like your body style stayed fairly consistent. It has. Okay. I would say that the time period that I probably gained the most, which is not odd, I'm quite sure you can guess it, was in college. Yeah. I mean, it, it just was, right? Um, my activity level changed, even though I was walking around campus and playing like rec volleyball. It still was just very different. I think that the, the shift in your sleep schedule and I'm sure the French fries didn't help me. <laughs> uh, French fries, just tape them right on your thighs. Don't even bother. There you go. Yeah, yes. Make a padding uh, around yourself. <laughs> but I think outside of that, no. And that's certainly while I work to stay healthy 
I haven't thankfully been somebody who has struggled with weight. Right. Uh, right. And whether it's because I've just paid attention to what my body wants and I feed it and I do good things with what I'm feeding it. Um, I also learned pretty early on because of because the manner of instruction that I started with when I was first diagnosed was very tied to portion. Yeah. It was this amount is this much. This is why you need it. Um, and again, today, not a lot of portion is really taught outside of just how many grams of carb in the portion. Right. I, I can't tell you, like, I clearly don't eat as well as you do, but how often I see things people are eating and all I think is like, how do you eat all that? Like, I don't understand how you can, like, like physically the, the amount, even with liquids, one of the reasons I don't think I drink is because when I see somebody drink three or four beers, I'm like, I couldn't drink three or four cups of water like that. Like, how are you doing that? You, you know, I'm, right. I'm impressed by it, honestly. I'm like, how do you get that right. in? I can't right. do it. So, yeah. yeah. So my last question to you is, obviously, with what you do for a living, you're helping people who eat in all varied ways. And Correct. even though you and I don't really ever talk about it, I assume we're like-minded in as much as that I just want people to know how to use the insulin for what they're eating. Like I'm not, Correct. yeah, I'm, I'm not here telling anybody how to eat. Like I, no, I, I don't imagine that's a thing you could do for a, for a stranger through a podcast one way or the other. So, right. um, so then do you feel like, like, are you almost like a video game character with your your understanding of diabetes? Like, is there like a, I'm imagining a spinning dial on you and I hit D and the dial pops up and I spin it around to like high carb, low carb, vegetarian, like, and you're like, oh, I know how to think like this. Do you think of it that way? Like when you get a person on the that's, phone, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, yeah. that's absolutely because I think I've worked with so many different fueling plans, if mm -hmm. you will. Right. And it, it's great that you bring in, you know, we're not really about talking. You should always be eating this one way. The idea is really just navigating management. And that's how I approach any new person that I work with. Right. You have these options. This is likely to potentially be a little bit easier if we swip swap, do this versus this, or a little bit more of this, a little bit less of that kind of thing. But everybody has an eating style and it's my job to help you. If that's really what you want to keep doing, great. Then we need to figure out how to navigate that and make sure, you know, your glucose is staying where you want it to stay and your insulin is well managed or your other meds are well managed. So that's, a, I guess that's an interesting, like, spin the dial yeah. and it comes up, this person wants to be vegan. So then yeah. my brain sort of, yes, absolutely. It sort of navigates into like my, my vegan train of thought. Like yeah. what, what do I have to consider? Where are you getting your nutrients from? Are you getting enough of these vitamins and, and whatnot? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that a lot of my skill comes from the fact that we mix and match so many different kinds of food styles at the same time. Like, yes. like that's where my, that's when I see a food, I'm like, well, that's a slow impacting carb and that's a quick impacting. I think that's why I'm good at Chinese food and things like that, mm -hmm. because I don't look at it as, I don't know, I don't look at general, the general's chicken and think, oh, general's chicken. I think sauce, deep fried breading. You, you're breaking it chicken. down. Yeah, in my it's mind, I, I break it down into different thoughts. So it's, yeah. I mean, in my mind, if you're eating general's chicken as an example, you're eating four <laughs> different things. You're eating, yes. pro, you're eating protein, breading, fat, and sugar. Like, mm -hmm. that's that's how it seems to me. I don't think of it as chicken. 
And, right. Yeah. No. Yeah. And then, and then if you put like rice on top of it, I think, okay, well, if this is white rice, it's one thing. If it's fried rice, it's different. You know, like, I don't know. Like, it just, that just makes yeah. sense to me. But if Arden ate more like you, like, say Arden just came out of the womb, like, I'm going to say the word that you didn't say, Jenny. I'm so let down you didn't say this word. Oh, no. Was it quinoa? Do you want me to say quinoa? No, I want to just say kimchi. <laughs> oh, kimchi. Oh, my gosh. I love kimchi. I can't actually, when I commented about sauerkraut before, I'm surprised I didn't That's what I'm it. saying. That's I have it written right here. So I wrote down kimchi when we started. And when you said sauerkraut, I wrote down sauerkraut. She got so close. <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. In, in fact, we have, um, it's funny because we've got friends around the corner from us um, that are, our little boys are the same age and are in school together um, and they make kimchi and mm-hmm. it's, it's so good. Like, so, so good. Uh, my mom home makes sauerkraut, which is probably the reason that we've got a lot of it yeah. right now because we just That we just sounds good. I love sauerkraut. I've never had kimchi, mm-hmm. although I was in a store the other day. <gasps> I oh, saw it in a jar. And I thought if I didn't know Jenny, it would look to me like somebody threw a handful of grass and weeds in this jar, but instead I know what this is. <laughs> oh, good. I'm so glad that I provided some education. Well, not only that, Jenny, here, I'll tell you this before I let you go. I saw yeah. someone online the other day who said, I had a banana, but it was overripe, so I had to bolus more for it. And I thought, she knows that from the podcast, and she knows that from Jenny. And I, I was very proud of that. Like, I really was. I was like, oh, this is wonderful. So That's super awesome. Yeah. Yes. I, I appreciate you sharing with us, with all of us how you eat. Um, this is going to sure. go into the how we eat uh, category. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. I'm sure there are things that I, I don't even know if I missed saying anything. I don't know. I mean. No, but I think the important thing about the conversation is it's a vibe, right? Like, here's what I didn't hear you say. I didn't hear you tell me that you eat anything deep fried. I didn't hear you tell me. Very rare. Yeah, right. I didn't hear you tell me that you have processed sugar. I didn't hear, like, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, that's the, you know, I didn't hear you tell me I eat like this unless I end up, you know, at this store and then all bets are off or something like that. You know, you've, I heard you tell me how you eat when you get away from your house. I heard you told me that you don't go to a lot of restaurants. Um, That's how you, I mean, this is how you eat. You, you know what I mean? Like right. it, it doesn't fit into a category. You're not right. low carb. You're not flexitarian. You're not, you know. I don't. Right. Know. I mean, this is like Jenny's fuel plan. I guess. No, I don't no, really it, follow. You're right. I don't fall into a category. Right. I mean, if we go out to eat, we've we've picked some places that both Nathan and I have decided are just they're really good options. You know, I right. mean, there's a place here that it's a really good like salad place Mm -hmm. that's got really good quality super awesome stuff that you can that our boys even love like they love to make their build their own salad um from the options that so those are more the places that we will often go um i didn't hear a lot of white not a lot of white flour like that sounds like something you don't get involved in too much no in fact i i think the last time i had white flour was probably sourdough bread this past summer that we had when we were um we had gone to see nathan's dad um and his stepmother and she made some good homemade sourdough and i was like i'm gonna have a piece of that yeah that sounds all right smells good i'd like that yes that sounds good yeah i listen i made chocolate chip cookies the other day that are just kind of sitting downstairs and i realized 
that as a as a younger person, if somebody would have made a batch of chocolate chip cookies, I probably would have eaten one every time I walked past it. And I don't feel like that anymore. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's because I'm older or if it's because I don't eat as much of that to begin with anymore. And so I'm not drawn to it the way I was. Like, there's part of me that thinks that I didn't have a chance. I woke up on Monday morning. I ate a bowl of sugary cereal. And that drove my desire throughout the day. Yes. No, nobody made a meal to send with me somewhere. So even as a at 19 or 20-year-old out of, of, you know, out of high school and on my way to work, I'd stop at like a a store and grab, yeah. by the way, what I could afford, which was right. never quality either. You, you know, right. like, so there's, um, and then you're sort of, I don't know, like, it's like you're trapped in a, in a hurricane then at that point that you just kind of yeah. can't break out the walls of anymore. Like, this is the world. Like my body desires this sugar and flour because this is what I can afford to eat. Even if I could afford more, because when I got older and we could afford more, I didn't know what to do. Right. You know what I mean? I wasn't like, oh, we have some money now. I'll go buy right. good things. I didn't know what good things were versus bad right. things. No one even thought about it that Taught way. Taught you that. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It, it was interesting to hear your path through all this. Yeah, um, you, absolutely. You, your parents are your body style-ish? Um, My dad was more um, – he was more the exercise uh, – person in our house definitely i mean he's the one that got me interested in biking um my mom now older is a little she's heavier than she was growing up sure um but yeah i mean in terms of body size I don't have tall parents and I didn't have extremely big parents by any means it's not like my situation where I when I'm with my children, people don't think they're my kids. Ah. Like, we were able to do the thing that you were worried about to some degree. Like, we were able to take our kids and, like, lift them out of the swamp that we grew up in and kind of threw them yeah. up on the shore. And we're like, I mean, they still eat things that I wish they didn't eat. And I know, sure. and I know that's because we eat those things. Like, or that they were around the house when they were younger before we wrapped our head around it completely, you know? Right. But, but for the most part... I mean, on any baseball field or softball field I've ever been on, when people come up to you and they're meeting you and they're like, is that your kid? People always like point to the, I don't know how to say this, <laughs> at the fattest kid on the team. They're like, that's your kid there, right? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, no, my son's the gazelle in center field. And they're, right. and they're like, oh, oh, I, oh, your wife slept with the mailman. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that vibe. Yeah. Uh, Kelly said all the time people would come up to her at a softball game and point to the catcher and say, is that your daughter? And Kelly would be like, no, that's my skinny girl at third base over, over there. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so like that, but you match, like if you stood with your family, you guys all look. And the reason I'm bringing this we would up, look, Jenny. We would look much more visibly, I guess, facially. Mm-hmm much more similar than body type like my i got the short jeans in the family Mm. i did um i mean my brother's like six two yeah i'd love to be six two. yeah i'm like you know five three (laughs) i didn't get the tall jeans (laughs) i I just think that what i'm hearing from your story is that your mother was willing to cook and do a good job with that and your father was active and you yes. kind of took those two things and blended them together. And I'm going to guess that you ended up in nutrition or healthcare, which I, I think of being a nutritionist as healthcare. 
because mm-hmm. you had diabetes, right? Like you probably grew up with people taking care of you that you, I mean, I hear it all the time. So I did. It yeah. became an interest after, um, after I realized what a, what I thought was a really good job that my, you know, dietitian, especially diabetes educator, like I never felt like I couldn't do something after I was diagnosed. Like I mm-hmm. never, I've never had this well, God, I like this has just been so horrible my whole entire life. I mean, would I give it away if somebody was like, "Here, yeah. take this pill, and you don't have to"? I'd be like, "Sure, yeah. give me the pill." I'm you out. Know? I also I'm going to try out. a ring ding tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what a ring ding. I don't think it's like a donut, right? No, it's <laughs> so like a little round. It, I don't know what it is. It's chocolate with chocolate cake with like white cream and a chocolate icing around the outside. Of I it. see. Okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Yes, it's hostess. Things, I'm assuming you would take yeah. a bite and you'd go, "Oh my God, that's insane!" And then you would never. I'm at the point now, by the way, where processed foods taste plasticky to me. Yeah. But when I was growing up, I didn't know the difference between them. Sure. I thought that was sweet. And now I'm like, this isn't good. You know, or um, if you get, if you took me to McDonald's, for example, I understand what a McDonald's cheeseburger tastes like, but I don't match that in my, I haven't had a McDonald's cheeseburger in a really long time. But if I had one, like I know what I think it tastes like right now in my head. But if you ask me what a McDonald's cheeseburger tastes like, I would tell you that it tastes like a McDonald's cheeseburger, not like not a like a cheeseburger. Yeah. So, yeah. and I didn't have that. I didn't have those measurements in my head when I was younger. I thought right. that's what a cheeseburger was. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. It was always a like. I can probably count on two hands the number of times as a kid we went to like McDonald's or Hardee's mm-hmm. was like Hardee's. the same. Yeah. Um, you know, but I don't even think that I've ever had a McDonald's cheeseburger because I didn't, I didn't like, I always chose the fish. What was the filet of fish? Is that what it's, it's called? filet o fish I believe. filet o fish yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, I, I, I would tell you that I haven't had one in years except once. And it was like six months ago and Arden and I were out late. She had a, she had a blood sugar that wouldn't, um, like it just wouldn't break. And, and mm-hmm. we finally got it to break, and she had missed dinner, and everything was gone. And it was like yeah. midnight. And I was like, Arden, like we can this cook This is where some. we're going. Yeah. And so we sat like like two giddy children in the drive, like outside the drive-thru, like eating it going, this is terrible. And it was, <laughs> but it was really good. And it was terrible at the same time. And so right. I don't know. It was just something. All right. I appreciate you doing this with me very much. Of Thank course. That's, thanks for asking. Everything you need to know about Jenny was just in the inflection in her voice when I said, thanks for doing this with me. And she said, of course, thanks for asking. That's who Jenny is. She's delightful. Let's thank Jenny, of course, and remind you that she works at integrateddiabetes.com. If you'd like to hire her, you can. I also want to thank Omnipod, makers of the Omnipod Dash and the Omnipod 5, and remind you to go to omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Do not delay. Go now. Find out if you're eligible for that free 30-day supply of the Omnipod Dash. I'd also like to thank my other sponsor, InPen, from Medtronic Diabetes, and remind you to head over to InPenToday.com forward slash juice box. All right, everybody, that's it. I am um, I'm shot. I got to be honest with you. I haven't felt well in weeks, and um, this took a lot out of me. But I'm happy, happy, happy that you're here with me. And I will not die, I promise. Even though it is trying to kill me. First, the COVID. 
Then I got rid of the COVID. Then bronchitis. Then I got rid of the bronchitis. Now, I don't even know what this is. This just seems cruel at this point. But uh, I will not be, I will not be thwarted. I am a little woozy. And, um, and I'm hot. But I won't, I will not be thwarted. Thwarted? Thwarted, I will not be thwarted. I will make this podcast. It will, I will not be stopped. I want to feel better so badly. And get this, I'm not nearly as sick as my wife. That poor girl, she's, it's almost over. You know what I mean? Like, she's beat up. It's crazy. As soon as I feel better, and I mean as soon as I feel better, I got to start doing the sit-ups because I need somebody to take care of these kids. And uh, you know what I mean? It's not looking good. You guys can hear the sarcasm, right? I mean, she's really sick, but I don't think she's going to pass. Uh, but seriously, really, really sick. If you've been ill with all this, uh, you have my, you have my compassion. All right, everybody, here I go. Watch this. <clears throat> Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast. I got it when I need it.